last month and a half, maybe even two months, I have been really into this band called Acid Bath. I think they are better than Slipknot. I think they're better than Korn. I think they're better than a lot of these 90, early 2000s kind of new metal bands. I think this band takes so much inspiration from Black Sabbath. I think they're sick, though, and I I love this. I love this band. I almost said team. Just recorded an episode for NFL draft prospects. No. Love this band. So I've wanted to do a top 10 acid bath list now for a few days, and I finally have enough time, so I'm just going to get straight into it. Acid Bath is a Louisiana kind of... They aren't from New Orleans, but they're known as a New Orleans metal band. They only released two albums, and tragically their bassist died. And the band's potential was cut very short due to this. You can't find a lot of their stuff on YouTube because the record label they signed with is Scorched Earth when it comes to posting anything. So I recommend you download them on Spotify or Apple Music. And this this episode's mostly just to hopefully bring more awareness to this gem of a band called Acid Bath. Let's get right into this. Number 10 is one of their most popular songs, actually. I think some people aren't going to like me putting it at number 10. Well, the few of you who listen. Number 10 is Bleed Me an Ocean. This is off their second album, Pagan Tea Tactics. Not going to use the second word to make it uh, podcast friendly. And uh, this is the second track on the album. This is something, though, they played at very early shows, even when they were on their first album, when the kite string pops. But Bleed Me an Ocean sort of sets the tone after the first track for what this album's going to be, that this isn't just a massive metal screaming album. There is going to be some relaxation on it. And Believe Me, The Ocean is a really good blend of the hardcore sort of themes Acid Bath has with sort of its softer, gentler side. It mixes the two very well. It mixes it well. So number 10 is Believe Me, An Ocean. Let's look at number 9. Let's see. Oh, number 9 is the next track after this one, Grave Flower. A lot of people really like this song a lot more than I do. I think it's a brilliant song. But I just think compared to their other work, this song's a little bit weaker. Don't really have a reason. It just doesn't sound as good to me. It's a little bit of a slower-paced Acid Bath song, but my goodness. It's it's hard moments are hard. And it's a lot like Bleed Me an Ocean in that sense. It meshes together their more hardcore side of them with kind of their gentler side. And, uh, yeah. Another thing, too, is I'm not going to get too much into the themes of Acid Bath until kind of one of the number one or two. I'll talk a little bit more about what I think of their albums. Number eight is uh, Bones of Baby Dolls. I don't think there's one yell in this song. This is just a very kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of low-pitched. Just sort of monotone song I really like it it also references the name of the album which I love so this song yeah is the first one on this list from their first album when the kite string pops and they say when the kite string pops on this song automatically right there you're number eight moving on 
Number seven is off uh, Pagan Tea Tactics as well. It's called Diabsul. And uh, there's not really much to say about this song. It just has a really good chorus where it says, uh, The skyscrapers look like gravestones from out here. And it's really catchy and it's really good. I think this is their most underrated song. And it's amazing. Not a lot of people talk about this one. Really good chorus. Number six closed when the Kite String pops their first album and it's Cass Eats Cockroaches. You get a build up from uh, basically a clockward or a clockworth orange. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. You get kind of an intro from that and then it's kind of like right into the song. This is a very disturbing song. I can't even bring up the lyrics to it. It's really good though. You're just going to have to trust me. Very heavy as well. Heavy lyrics too. There's no hiding what they say in this one. Number five is uh, the first song from uh, Pagan Tea Tactics, which is uh, Pagan Love Song. This song, kind of like Bleed Me an Ocean, sets a massive good tone for this album. It's very hype. Tells you what this album is all about. Which, although Acid Bath is genuinely, I don't think... I don't think they hate religion. They're definitely a little more anti-religion. As a religious person, obviously, it's a little conflicting to me, but I can just enjoy the music without maybe enjoying the message always. But I think this album, at the very least, is honest. It sets the tone, and it kind of tells you what they're all about. And it fits the theme of the album perfectly, so I got to give them props. One of the a pretty heavy song, pretty good. Number four. This is genuinely what I think closes the whole two acid bath story, and I think it's the perfect song they could have ended with their whole music career, which is Dead Girl is the name of the song. This song is very soft, very just very excellent vocal performance from Dax. Maybe his best vocal performance. Really good kind of sounds like an acoustic guitar kind of strumming in the background. I hate that on Apple Music it's a 27 minute song when it's actually only like 4 or 5 minutes. But oh well. Also the kind of the bridge at the end is really good. Very impressive. Number 3, Scream of the Butterfly. A lot of people would put this number 1. I have it personally number 3. This is a masterpiece of a song. Very catchy. It's only number 3 cuz I think 1 and 2 are a little bit better, but Scream of the Butterfly I'm going to go over the full story after this, I think I'm going to do. But for now, if you're just here for the top 10, I'll just keep going with the top 10. Scream of the Butterfly, though, deals with a lot of more mature themes. And it's one of those kind of songs that... The build-up's alright, but once you get to kind of like... The climax happens very early in this song where they just change their tune. Kind of like a bass drop, and it's really good. There's one flaw, I guess, the song. It's at the kind of beginning build up is a lot better than what you get at the end but still an amazing song number two venus blue venus blue is maybe the catchiest acid bath song they have it's maybe the best sung song they have the singing's just incredible it's one of dax's best performances dead girl's a little better but this is maybe a second best performance live it's sick there is so much going on with this song. There's a lot of just tone changes in it. 
It doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, the lyrics, but it's pretty sick. And yeah, I definitely recommend, if you haven't heard Venus Blue, I'd l recommend listening to it. It's really good, really catchy as well. And number one wasn't even a question, it's The Blue. The Blue is their best song by far. It is definitely the edgiest song they've ever made. When the lyrics in the song go, staring off the, f or sorry, fragments off a sunbeam pointed at the kitchen knife, you know you're in for an edgy treat. Again, I think this song could turn people off of them if you're not into the very heavy sort of style Black Sabbath meets, I guess, Slipknot sound they have. Slipknot came out after. I know that. You don't need to tell me. I'm just saying it's a heavier sound. But, and this is definitely a song that would keep people away from ever hearing Scream of the Butterfly, which I think is a very accessible song that even pop music fans can listen to and enjoy. But there's something magical about the blue. The blue has tone changes in its guitar work. It has really heavy singing to very light singing from Dax, where it actually kind of makes me feel like it's two different vocalists. There's the line... I Actually, I can't say that out here. I'll be censored. Uh, just really hype, really exciting. So number one's the blue. Don't even think it's close. Which, whenever anyone says the words don't... They don't think it's close. It is close. Yeah, I, my opinions on this will probably change. But after three months or two months, so however long I've been listening to them, that's my take at the moment. And I'm sure as I listen to more of their demos and stuff, I'll enjoy other stuff more. But let me tell you, I guess, my theory to the Acid Bath albums. Again, some of this isn't original. Some of it is. A lot of people claim there's a connection. I do as well. My theory, I guess, on the Acid Bath albums is that it's a very, like, the story, I think, that starts and when the kite string pops is that the story begins with a female protagonist, and she's very sad and doesn't have a lot going for her, and she's been through a lot of heartache and trauma, and it kind of all boils over to the point where she feels like she's kind of dead inside is kind of what happens in the album and other things happen to her like in the blue we kind of set up how she feels when we get to like scream of the butterfly we understand there's been tragedies that's happened to her that other people haven't accepted her choices as we move forward to uh songs like mordekin's flame we find out a little bit more about her and then it kind of ends up with cassie eats cockroaches which I don't know if the main character, the protagonist's name is Cassie, but I think it's kind of implied, and I won't get into the lyrical themes of the song, but I think it kind of just explains that she's dead inside and empty. And then when we go to Peg and T-Tactics, the second album, I think the story actually kind of is sort of like a like an ending arc for our character in the story. I think uh, she's we learn more about her, where she kind of struggles with religion and feels like, there's people going against her from that community. At least that's what I take away. And as we move to like the song Venus Blue, which I think, which I don't necessarily even completely understand the song, but I think it implies that she's had violent people in her past who have done violent things to her. Like, uh, I think she's had to fight with people and stuff. She's had violent people in her past. And then, unfortunately... 
I think the ending song, Dead Girl, just kind of is how it's how it sounds. I don't know if it's because she gets old or maybe something bad happens to her, but uh, I think that just kind of ends her story arc at the end. And I think, where was I going? Uh, like the song is, the song like Dead Girl goes, when death sleeps, it dreams of you. So I think that implies that maybe... Well, I think it's up to your own interpretation. To me personally, I think it just kind of implies that maybe she wasn't, maybe not even her fault, the best person. That's why it said that. So yeah, that's kind of the interest I have in how these albums connect. I'm still listening to the songs to connect them. But that's kind of the story I see it telling. Unfortunately, we never got a third one, so maybe... It's just the first two seem to connect so much. There's always a theme of kind of like a female protagonist in the songs. And it doesn't seem to be like the all the members in the band are male. But it almost seems to be kind of like coming from a woman's almost perspective to the song. It's always about her or she. And I think like the song Cass Eats Cockroaches kind of implies it is about a she, these two albums. It is about a girl. So again, that's just kind of my theory. And other people I've seen kind of on YouTube and like Reddit and stuff have similar opinions. So I think I'm on to something. I don't know if the band's ever explicitly said. They're not, I don't think they're, to me they're concept albums almost because they do have these themes. But you could definitely say they're not connected and I wouldn't argue with you. It's just kind of my opinion. Anyways, this has gone on way too long. Shout out to uh, a guy who's going to be listening to this. I'm sure he's going to have some counters to my points. I don't know if he wants me to say his name. I'll just say Liam. I hope you enjoy this, buddy. Anyways, this is Benchwarmers Club. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, try to record more. Thank you. You just listened to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.